So we're talking about the real Jesus, the Jesus who came and lived with us, um, lived, he, he was the God man, he was God fully, and he was man fully, and he lived with us, and then he died on the cross, and he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of us. That's the Jesus we're talking about, that Jesus. No other Jesus. Man, today, worship was awesome. Gosh, how many thought the worship was amazing? Come on. And give it up for the worship team. We had an awesome worship team here. Uh, we got Jacob Hamilton, Pat Hadley. We got Amber Matfield. We got Elena Sokula. We got Jake Sierra, Matt Stinson, and uh, Ron Matfield, Amber's dad. So awesome team. Awesome. It was, it's only going to get better. Tonight's going to be amazing. God's got a plan. Joel, ha- I said Pat Hadley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pat Hadley, just keep going. Anyway. <laughs> That's his dad. He was my teacher for like five years, so it's just ingrained in my mind. Joel Hadley. It's funny, because I was thinking about that today, and I was thinking about Joel Hadley playing, and I actually said Pat to somebody. So I probably have never said your name right, Joel. Um, I'm sorry. Joel Hadley. Anyways, it's, uh, <laughs> refocus. <laughs> Tonight's going to be awesome. <laughs> I have like, the worst attention span anyone in the world. If you ever listen to me speak. You're probably thinking, where is he going? Yeah, I'm talking about poop and crazy stuff, but I won't mention that tonight. No, we're going to talk about the real Jesus. So if you get your Bible, turn to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Hey, I got two mics here. <laughs> talking to both mics. Wait, this one. I don't know which one goes where. I'm just going to leave this here. Um, John chapter 11, verse 1. How many got the NLT version of the Bible? Any NLTers in the house? Come on. That's my favorite. It's simple. I can't read King James, all the outs and the arts and narts and, you know, all that weird stuff. It's just, it's too hard to understand. And I, if you can't understand your Bible, then get a different one. Like, if you need a better translation, just get it. Because the point of the Bible is not to confuse you. It's to bring clarity about who Jesus is to you. So if you can't understand it, get one you can't understand. I recommend for young people NLT because it's very, very simple. And... Sometimes we are not very smart. So, John 11, no offense to you. I mean, I'm probably the dumbest one here. But uh, John 11, chapter 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. Lazzy was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. I have, never mind. (laughs) I have two aunts named Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message of Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. Your dear friend. Jesus was close to this family. He was close to Lazzie. Real close. He probably called him Lazzie too. Verse 4, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Jesus is like, he ain't dying. Don't worry. He's going to live. No. 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 uh, will not end in death. No, it won't. (laughs) No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Come on. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew in a couple of days he was going to go down there and be like, bam, get up from the dead. And he was going to walk out of that tomb and he was going to take those grave clothes off of him and be like, there you go, he's alive. Come on. And uh, anyway, so Jesus knew that already. So he says, don't worry, he ain't going to die. Although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, although he loved them, he stayed where he was for the next two days. 
Jesus, what you, what you doing? You're crazy. He's about to die, and you're just like, I'm just going to chill here. It's all good. So even though he loved them, he stayed where he was for two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. After two days, he's like, okay, Lazarus is probably dead, so let's go back. He's like, he's good dead now. He's been dead at least three days, so let's go back. <laughs> uh, but his disciples objected. They said, Rabbi, only a few days ago, people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world, but at night there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Of course, the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. These disciples were like, wait, he's just sleeping, man. What are we why are you going to go wake him up? I mean, he's probably having a good sleep. He's sick. He needs to get better. And Jesus, they're like, Jesus is like, no, no, no. He's he dead. So Jesus said to him, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. By the way, we're going to camp out in John 11. We ain't going anywhere else. John 11 is the only place we're going to be at. So keep your Bibles there. John 11. We just finished verse 15. And we're going to read the whole chapter. A couple more verses and I'll stop real quick and we'll recap. Thomas, verse 16, Thomas, nicknamed the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Thomas is crazy. He's like, all right, let's go. We're going to die with Jesus. Because Judea, where they just came from, as I just read, Jesus was getting stoned. So they're like, why are you going back to that place, Jesus? They were trying to kill you. What are you doing? You're crazy. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Lazarus is dead four days. Say it with me. Four days. There you go. He's dead. Four days. People who are dead for four days aren't supposed to come back from the dead. They probably stink. Bethany was only a few miles away, a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here. Martha comes running out. Before Jesus even gets in the town, Martha comes running out of the town, meets him before he even walks in, and she goes, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In other words, where were you? We came to you days ago, like a week ago, and we told you he was sick. Where were you, Jesus? If you would have been here, he won't be dead anymore. Which, by the way, is not true. But that's what she's feeling. Martha said, Martha says, he would not have died. Verse 22, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Let's pray. Real quick, we could pray. <laughs> I need prayer. I think we all need prayer. It's always good to pray. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. <sighs> Anyways, um, let's pray because I believe tonight God has a word, a word of my heart. I believe the only good word is a word that comes from somebody's heart. If it's not from your heart, then don't say it because I don't want to hear it. Uh, and I, I hope you wouldn't want to hear something I just pulled out of somewhere and be like, yeah, this sounds good. No, this is a word that's been on my heart for a while, something I've experienced, something I've gone through. Um, and uh, I'm excited about tonight because I believe God wants to heal some hearts tonight. Amen. So, Father, we thank you so much. You're the healer. We thank you, Lord, that you're not just a friend. You're not just a partner. You're not just someone we can come to every once in a while. But, Lord, you're our everything. When we hurt, you're our comforter. When we're sick, you heal. 
Lord, when we're blind, you make us see. God, you are all in all, Lord, and we need all that you are. And so tonight, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would give me your heart for tonight. You'd give us ears to hear. You'd give all of us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're doing, what you're speaking. And Lord, I ask also, Lord, and thank you so much that you are building your church. No matter what we do, you're continually building your church. Your church will prevail. And tonight, the church comes together, Lord, in this fellowship, in this place. And we call on your name for you to have your will done in this place for this specific time, this specific season, this specific hour. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Help the Cubs to win. They need help. 19 games under 500, but they've won five in a row, so we're coming through. It's tough. It's tough being a Cubs fan. So tough, I I don't only have one Cubs hat, and I lost it. Lord, help us. God, help me. And I got a Phillies hat. Best team in baseball. Worst team in baseball, best team in baseball. I'm not a Fairweather fan. I stick true. No. Um, and I'm glad Jesus ain't a Fairweather fan. <laughs> Imagine that, man. We'd all be like, oh, God, where are you? They'd be like, okay, just, just go with me there because my, my mind just went there, so you have to go with me here. There's <laughs> picture a stadium. It's like, oh, it's like, it's just like filled with Jesuses. Like, I know there's only one Jesus, okay? Doctrinally, this, or, this isn't correct at all. But it's just like, this <laughs> Just Jesus is all over. There's like a stadium, like 45,000, and just Jesus is everywhere. And they're like rooting you on. And then all of a sudden you like go up to bat, and you just totally whiff it, strike out. And then you just, you just fail miserably, and you, you lose to the Devils, I don't know, whatever the other team is. You get owned by them, and then all of a sudden the stadium just clears out, and there's no one there. How would you feel? It's like, dang, Jesus, you left me. Thank God Jesus ain't like that. Retract. You're like, is he going to say Jesus does that? No, he doesn't. No, there's only one Jesus. There's not Jesus's. There's only one. And he's not a fair weather fan of us, of believers, of his children. Matter of fact, he loves us so much that he'll never leave us. Scripture says he'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us. Uh, Isaiah 55 says the hand of the Lord is not so short that it could not save. In other words, when you're sinking and you're, you're, you're reaching out and you feel like there's no one there, God's hand will reach down or, if you're falling, reach up to catch you and pull you out and he will save you and rescue you in your time of distress. The series we're doing, The Real Jesus, my message tonight, I just titled it, In Your Darkest Hour. In Your Darkest Hour. Um, I know we, a lot of us have gone through some dark hours, some, some tough times, and we, 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 we get there and we just go, Lord, like Martha, pretty reasonable for her to say this, Jesus, where were you? That's pretty reasonable because she told him what was going to happen. She didn't know Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Pretty reasonable, I think, for her to ask that question. Jesus, where were you? You knew he was about to die. How could you have let this happen? If you were here, he wouldn't have died. And I think many of us... Go through those seasons. How many have gone through a season where you've asked God, Lord, how could you let this happen? Anybody? Am I, yeah, okay. I think we've all gone through that. God, where were you? This was your fault. I think it's pretty reasonable in your time of, of hurt and pain to say that. I mean, you didn't know. You thought, how could this have happened? It must be, it must be God's fault. He knows everything. It must be his fault. I've said that before. Ultimately, I know it's not. I know that we live in a fallen and broken world and because of sin, there's hurt. There's pain. There's death. And where there's sin, there's death. And where there's death, there's sin. 
So because we live in this world and there's sin and death, we're going to experience hurt, we're going to experience pain, we're going to experience trouble. But we must know that Jesus is never the one causing it, but rather he's the one in our time that's there comforting us. Always. Always. It's not maybe sometimes, it's always. You must understand that that is core doctrine to the Christian faith, that Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, that God had three in one, will never forsake us. No matter how hard it is, how tough it is, he will never leave us. Let's pick back up again the scripture. To kind of just recap here, Lazarus dies, Jesus and his disciples are chilling, Martha and Mary come to him and say, our brother's sick, and then he goes and dies, he's like, alright, let's chill here a couple more days, and then they go to Judea, probably just walk in, probably just, you know, I just figured, I think the disciples had some swagger, you know, they're just like, yeah, what's up, this is Jesus, you know, my homie, we just kind of chill, you know, he just heals some sick, and he's just doing his thing, you know what I'm saying, nah, you know, I think they had something, I mean, because like, in our culture today, it's like, you know, probably didn't talk the same, but, they had to have some kind of swagger. I mean, I'm sure Peter's rocking some skinny jeans, you know. Andrew, the disciple, probably had a, 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 a <laughs> he probably had a flat bill Cubs hat on backwards and was like, it's going to be an Andrew 2,000 years from now. He's going to be a Cubs fan. So, no, it probably didn't happen. Probably never did. But I like to imagine sometimes. Um, yeah, let's pick back up <laughs> before I just keep going. Verse 25. Oh, no, so, 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 sorry. Verse 23. John eleven twenty three. 23. Jesus told her, speaking of Martha, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at that last day. I get it, Jesus. In other words, she's like, I get it. Why are you telling me this? I know you said everyone's going to rise again because I'm going to come back and it's going to be all groovy and good. I get that. Why are you telling me that again? She didn't know Jesus was like, Jesus was like, oh, I mean, literally, I'm going to go raise him from the dead. Like, she didn't understand that at the time. So Jesus said, look, I am the resurrection and life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? GM, do you believe this, that as Christians we will never die? Come on. We're going to live for eternity with Jesus in heaven. And when it's all said and done, he's going to make a new earth and a new heaven. It's going to be glorious. Come on. <laughs> there, there you go. So waiting for him, like. Man, that sounds good to me. But how many of you know we can experience that today, right now? And I believe we have tasted of it, and we're going to taste more of it tonight. Skip down to verse 40, or verse 30, sorry. Sorry, verse, verse uh, 27. Yes, <laughs> Yes, Lord, she told him, I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, there's people mourning there with her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. She didn't even say, Jesus, the teacher's here. The teacher, she knew what that meant. She said, oh, Jesus is here. I'm going to go see him because I got a bone to pick with Jesus. He wasn't here. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. He hadn't even moved yet. Martha just, these, these sisters are going back and forth like crazy. She's like, all right, I did that. I'm going to go get my sister. My sister comes back. Martha, Mary's like, oh, he's here, is he? But she runs out to the village before he can even move. I mean, he's still there. Stayed outside the village where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling her, consoling Mary, saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. 
That word weep actually in the Greek means wail. (laughs) So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same exact words Martha said. When Jesus saw her weeping, this is the whole point of the message tonight. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger well up within him. He was deeply troubled. He said, where have you put him? About five months ago, March 15th, had an uncle passed away. was taken from this world too early. Skiing accident. Um, in our family, very close-knit family, uh, any distant relative further is like a brother or sister. We're, we're very close. Um, it was tough on everyone. Um, still is. Still a grieving process. It still hurts. It's still, still pain. Um, that happened March 15th. And uh, it was tough. You know, you ask the, you ask the question. Is your phone right? Sorry. You ask the question, Why? Of course, it comes to your mind. Why? And, and yeah, it was tough on me, but, but th- I mean, he had kids. He had a wife. He had brothers, sisters, a mom and dad that outlived him. That's pretty tough. I know it was tough on everyone because we were in the middle of it. I had the privilege to be able to speak at his funeral. And I saw all the people there. I thought, man, this, this was a great man. There was over, I think, around 2,000 people there. Impacted a lot of people. And you can pull that out, and you know, people can say, well, he, he was a great man. You'll see him again someday. Yeah, that's yeah, great. doesn't help. You can say all the words you want. It doesn't help. You know, you're there. Anyway, you've been to a funeral, and, and, and you've been a part of somebody close to you was in a funeral, and people try to say nice things. It's great. It's great spirit, but it doesn't really help the situation. They mean well, awesome. If somebody I know dies, I hope I can be a comfort, obviously. But it doesn't really help the situation. You're still just kind of like, yeah, that's great, but he's still dead. Still doesn't feel good. Still hurts. Still cry at night. Still go to sleep thinking about him. Still working randomly, and all of a sudden a thought will come in. I can't help but to just start crying. It still hurts. The question comes in every once in a while, Lord, how could you have let this happen? Like Martha and Mary said, pretty reasonable. Where were you? You could have stopped it. If you're God, then why didn't you? Happens sometimes. When Martha and Mary say this in the scripture, Jesus doesn't say, well, you see, um, actually I was in Judea and I was just busy with some stuff and I was healing some other people and he, you know, some things going on. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't try to come. He, what does he do? He says he was troubled. He says he was full of anger. His heart hurt. Another translation, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. When we, we think about that verse, we go, oh, that's great. Jesus is with us. His hand never leaves us. He's in us. It's great. Jesus got emotions. That word wept means wailed. In other words, Jesus felt their pain and their hurt, and he cried with them. He was there with them. Sometimes we don't know. Why stuff happens. It just does. As long as we are in this world, stuff will happen. I don't mean to speak death or be the the, the bearer of bad news, but it's just guaranteed. 
Jesus even say, well, as long as you're in this world, troubles will come. You'll experience heartache. It'll happen. It's not wrong. Sometimes we, we think it's wrong to experience that. Like if we experience hurt, it's like, oh, that's from the devil. From the de- if you couldn't experience hurt or pain, then you would never be able to experience joy or gladness. If you didn't experience loneliness, then you would never be able to experience true relationship. So it's not wrong feeling. The feelings aren't wrong. Maybe what you do because of those feelings are wrong, but the feelings themselves are not wrong. And Martha and Mary are feeling something legitimate, and they're saying, Jesus, where were you? I know I... No, I've asked that question. Ask the question, Jesus, where were you? March 15th in that skiing hill, where were you? Why didn't you stop it? I didn't really get an answer of, well, you see, the reason. Why. No, I just, but wasn't necessarily really looking for an answer. I think when we ask that question, we're not really looking for an answer. We really just want to know, are you there? Do you hear me? Can you hear me, God? I'm, I'm talking. Where you at? I'm no way trying to compare with the hurt, the pain, the struggle, the loneliness that you have felt, the grief that you've gone through. I know people in this room have gone through so much worse than I ever have. I know that. I'm not trying to compare or compete with that at all. But many of you in here have experienced tough things. You've experienced death. Parents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, Grandparents who are close to you, you've experienced divorce. You've experienced abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse. You've experienced families breaking apart and never really growing up inside of a knit family and always having to go from one house to another and hearing your parents argue and fight and you're asking, God, where were you? You could have stopped them from getting divorced. You could have stopped this from happening. You could have stopped that guy from touching me like that. You could have. Where were you? Sorry, this isn't the happiest message in the world. But this is what's on my heart right now. And it's a question we ask. And I want you to know it's valid. I want you to know, don't feel condemned for asking that question. But rather, God would want you to know, look, I'm sorry it happened, but I love you. I'm sorry you went through that. I wish it wouldn't have. I wish it wouldn't have happened, but I want you to know I'm going to cry with you. Jesus, he was close to Lazarus. Man, it wasn't like he was, didn't know him. He was close to him. Jesus felt the same thing, and he knew he could have stopped it, and he knew he was going to raise him from the dead, but he still cried. I don't know what's going to happen with, with, with the rest of my life. I'm sure I'll experience more death and more pain. Not speaking over myself, I'm just saying, as long as I live, I'm sure I'll experience some more hurt. I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure we'll experience some stuff. But what we do in that time of trouble, in our darkest hour, what will we do? I love it. Even though Mary and Martha were so upset, they run to Jesus because they knew he had the answer. They knew he was this place that they could run to. They knew he was their closest friend. They knew he could save. They knew he could heal. They knew it. And so they run to him. I know it hurts. I know it stinks. But I'm telling you, Jesus is a place tonight, and he wants us to run to him. He's a person, but he's a safe place for us to run to. And it's going to get vulnerable on here. It's already gotten pretty vulnerable. It's going to get more vulnerable. We're going to be open. And I believe God is wanting to bring forth some things out of us. And he's saying, rekindle it again. I know it hurts, but I want you to give it to me.
I know it stinks and it's troublesome, but I want you to bring it out. We're going to skip ahead. Verse 39. Jesus asks before that, he says, where, where is he laying? Where, where, where's Lazarus at? Where's Lazarus at? Where is he saying? Where's the tomb? Jews roll aside. The Jews and the people who are with them go. They show him. Jesus says, roll the stone aside. Say that with me. Roll the stone aside. Come on. Roll the stone aside. Come on. Jesus is going to roll some stones aside tonight. He's going to break some chains. He's going he's to bring some freedom. He's going to take some hurt and some pain, some loneliness, some grief, and he's going to give you comfort. I'm not saying the grief will stop or the pain will stop or the hurt will stop. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Jesus will comfort you tonight and he will tell you he loves you. If you respond tonight with an open heart and a humble heart, he's going to touch you and he's going to rock you and he's going to rock me. I'm excited. Roll the stone aside. Jesus told them, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. It's going to stink. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? How many believe tonight? Come on, how many believe so much that you're willing to roll the stone aside? It's one thing to say, I believe, but how many of you believe so much that you're saying, I'm willing to roll this thing aside, and I'm willing to let Jesus in and heal my brokenness tonight? How many believe that much? Come on. I believe that much. So if, if I believe, then there must be action. You can't have one without the other. You can't have belief without action. Action, I believe. Okay? Faith with works is dead. Without works. Faith with works is dead. No. Bad doctrine. Faith without works is dead. Okay? So you can say, I believe it all you want. If you don't put it to place, it means nothing. Father, Jesus says this. I love it. I love Jesus. Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. I am you, but you, you, know, you always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. You know, he had a shout. He was probably a cave. Lazzy! Yeah, Jesus, come forth. No, he, he probably didn't respond. He's all wrapped up. I can't breathe. No. But he says, Lazarus, come forth. And sure enough, old Lazzy comes strutting out of that cave. Probably looks something like that drum cage right there, you know. Breath, locusts flying out of his mouth. Just completely. Mo- okay, it, it, the one time I get to talk about locusts coming out of their mouth has to be a Bible story because the one time there's a dead guy coming from a grave. Mummy reference, always. Always, when you talk with me, mummy references. Greatest movies ever. Brendan Fraser is amazing. <laughs> He's like the worst actor of all time. <laughs> Brendan Fraser stinks. Lazarus is coming out. Locust flying out. <laughs> Stinking skin falling off. <gasps> He's like, Martha, give me a hug. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, get away. No, it didn't happen like that. Lazarus comes out, and he tells them, he says, take off his grave clothes. <laughs> Please take him off, because that guy's struggling right now. But he tells him to take off his grave clothes, and Lazarus is alive and well, and they are happy. And all of a sudden, I'm sure Martha and Mary are like, I knew it all along, Jesus. You had it figured out. You were the one. I knew you were going to do your thing. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm sure you did. You're yelling at me out there. I come in here crying with you. Everyone's weeping and mourning. Like, like, you, like you're not even going to live a second life. Like you're not even going to ever see him again. 
My goodness. But Jesus doesn't say that. No, Jesus, Jesus cries with them. He goes, he's discomposed. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes out. And sure, the pain, the hurt was still there. Sure, they, they, you can't take away what they went through. Just because Lazarus was raised from the dead doesn't mean what happened wasn't real. You know what I mean? Just because Lazarus came forth doesn't mean they just forgot the last couple days of their life and said, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, he never died. No, they're still going to remember that pain, that hurt. Tonight, Jesus is going to heal some wounds. If the worship team wants to come back up, that would be great. Tonight, Jesus is going to heal some wounds. God's going to do something in our hearts. I'm not going to tell you that all your emotional emotions and emotional things will leave. Because emotions are what make us human. If we had no emotions, then we'd just be robots. And we aren't. We're, we're people. So we, we have to understand, emotions aren't bad. The pain you feel, the hurt you feel, the grief you feel, the loneliness you feel, the sorrow you feel, it's not wrong. Those are not wrong emotions. In fact, when my uncle died, I was sitting in a hotel in, in Florida. Got off the cruise, had a message, called back, no answer, I didn't know what it was about, I was like, what's going on? Then I call, call my mom, she's crying, Bill is in the, he's in the hospital, not sure if he's going to make it. Get off the phone with her, two days go by, I don't really know what's going on, I get a call from my brother, he says, Andrew, they're thinking about pulling the plug. In that moment, it hurt so bad. It stunk. And I was sitting in a stairway in a hotel by myself. And it was lonely. And it hurt. I said, Jesus, I know you heal. So please do. Another day goes by. He found out. He's gone. I said, Lord, well, you didn't heal. Wish it would have. But God, I know this wasn't of you. And I know you have a plan bigger in the future for not just me, but for this world. And I'm just a piece of it. I understand that. I don't get it. I understand that what you're doing is your plan. I don't understand why it happened. I understand what you're doing. We'll continue to go. The church will continue to grow. My, my life will continue to go on. I will continue to progress. And I'll continue to live. But it still sucks. And in that moment, in that stairwell in Florida, in a hotel, I could feel Jesus Saying, Andrew, I love you. I love your family. I'm going to protect his kids. I'm going to protect his wife. I'm going to be around his brothers, his sisters, his parents. I'm going to keep them safe. Don't worry. I got my hand in this. He never said to me, Andrew, the pain's going to go away someday. You know, he never said to, I'm sure he never said to anybody, the pain will leave. No, he didn't say that. He said, I love you. I know it hurts, but I love you. You guys can start playing. I know it hurts, but I love you. I know it stinks, but I love you, regardless. I know your parents should still be together. They shouldn't have gotten divorced, true. But I still love you, and I still love them. I'm, I'll, I'll cry with you if you want. I am, actually. Right now, I see you weeping. My heart hurts. 
it breaks for you. I see that no one ever calls you. You're lonely and you have no friends. And you say, I just wish someone would. I'll be your friend. And you know what? I'll bring someone else along with you. I can't say that the feelings you're feeling right now will leave, but I can tell you I will help you. I will reach down and I'll pull you out. You need a friend? Jesus is a friend. You need a healer? He's Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. You need someone to provide something for. Maybe you don't got a home. Maybe, maybe you just need some provision, some money, whatever. He's Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. He'll give you what you need. He'll love you when you don't feel love. He'll cry with you when you're hurting. I know that guy never should have touched you that way. And I know you feel guilty about it. God's saying, I love you. I'd never do that. Matter of fact, come here. I want to hold you and tell you how beautiful you are. I know your dad and your mom said those things, or your brother or your sister or your friend said those things that hurt you and it cut you so deep. I never will. Matter of fact, I want to tell you how great you are and the call you have and that you're going to talk and speak to nations. You're going to see this world flipped upside down. You're going to have a beautiful family and it's going to be great. I didn't say there wasn't going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble, but it's going to all be okay. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Come on. Get your hearts right before God. Jesus is doing something right now in our hearts. There's been some hurts and some wounds. There's been some loss. There's been promises in here that have never been fulfilled. Some people have had some empty promises, things that were promised to you either from God or somebody else, and you're saying, Lord, where is it? I don't see it. I know it hurts, and you can't take the hurt away, but trust me, I'll cry with you, I'll weep with you, I see your sorrow, it hurts me just as much, (laughs) one day it'll all go away, one day the pain will cease and we'll be with him forever, that's great, but that doesn't take the pain away from now, eternity is great, and that's where my soul's secure, and that's awesome. But it doesn't take away the pain now. I want heaven now. I want heaven right now. What does that mean? What does that mean right now? I want Jesus right now. I want to run to him right now. My prayer is not, Lord, take away my emotions. That's not my prayer. My prayer is, Jesus, thank you for what you have given me. Help me to be grateful for what you've already given me and help me to see what you're doing. I know I have this hurt, but Lord, I need you to comfort me right now. Thank you, God, that you are. Well, how many of you, right now, God's already revealing some hurt, some pain that's been left undone? Anybody else? I know I am. God's moving on my heart. Some things that haven't been dealt with some stones that haven't been rolled away some death that still hurts you and you just want someone to cry with what's going to happen tonight Jesus is going to cry with you maybe you're saying I feel great ain't nothing bad ever happened to me good praise God thank you Jesus for protecting that person and keeping them safe and Lord thank you if that's you praise God begin to thank him for everything you have God 
began to say, Lord, thank you so much. Praise God. I think many people think when somebody has a mic and they're speaking, they're just perfect. I'm going to get real vulnerable. I'm going to tell you my darkest hour. I haven't told Mary many people this. I've told some people. And people might say, hey, you can't share that in front of a congregation. That's, that's, that's meant for you and the, and the group of guys you're talking with. People will think less of you. It was about five months ago, maybe six, a little bit before my uncle died. I began to question God's existence. This isn't years ago. This is six months ago. I began to say, Lord, are you even real? I'm still hurting. I still have stuff that I don't see happening. You've promised this and I don't see it. God, where are you? Very similar to Martha and Mary. Where were you? What are you doing? Got bad and worse as the months went on. It's a while. I said, I just don't know if God's real anymore. I've told my family this. You're not the first. But I'm going to get real vulnerable. I was sitting in my bed one day. I saw my gun on the wall. This is about five months ago. My hunting rifle sitting on the wall. Had my bullets at the foot of my bed. I said, Lord, I'm about to end it. I don't want this anymore. Hurts too bad. Why not? What do I got to lose? Why not pull the trigger? It would all go away. It would all stop. It would just feel better. It was in that moment, sitting there, contemplating. Didn't hear God say, I'm going to take your hurt away and everything's going to be good. You're going to be happy for the rest of your life. You're going to be happy all the time. He didn't say that. And I sat there, looking at my gun, my bullets there going, I'm going to do this thing. Why not? There ain't no reason for life. You're not real. Who are you, God? Tell me what to do. I'm telling you, the people look like they got together. We don't. I may look like all the time, like I got to figure it out. I don't. I just know God's giving me something in my heart. I want to share it with you. This isn't something I pulled out of the Bible. This is something that's happened, and this is something I'm, I, I, God, God has taken me through. Now I can't imagine taking my life. I go, what was I thinking? Because in that moment, Jesus, well, he cried with me. He said, Adrian, I feel your pain. I feel your hurt. I know it sucks. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Come on, anyone been there? You feel like, I just don't know if God's real. I just don't know if this whole thing's legit. I just, I, I just wonder if church is really where I'm supposed to be. That's you. That's you. I should be very bold. Be very vulnerable. I'm not trying to guilt you or trying to sway you in any way. Just as I've been vulnerable, I just ask that you be vulnerable, not before me, not before anybody here, but before God and God alone. I ask you to come down to the front. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to be here. On the count of three, I want you to come down, and I want 
you to allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to minister to your heart and begin to heal some hurt. Begin to to tell you, you're going to make it. Keep moving. Don't stop. Keep loving me. Keep seeking me. Keep running to me. Do not stop. I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to let you climb that mountain with your hands open. I love that song. I'm going to climb it. It's a mountain. It's it's hard. But I'm going to keep going. Andrew, I'm going to get you through this. One. God wants us to come through. He wants to bring us through. Two. Lord, I'm, I'm all in. It stinks, but I'm all in. Three. Come to the front. Three. God wants to move on your heart tonight. I ain't going to tell you the pain is just going to leave and you're going to be a happy little camper the rest of your life. I'm telling you, Jesus wants to cry with you. He wants you to express your heart to him. Whether it's, Lord, I'm angry. Or, Lord, I just don't understand. Whatever it is, express it to him. He wants to express it right back how much he loves you. Worship team is just going to begin to play. They're just going to sing. Whatever that's on their heart, they're just going to begin to do it. Don't focus on that right now. Just begin to say it. Begin to express your heart. Begin to cry. Lord, why did he die? Let it out. I'm just going to let it out. God, I wish it didn't happen. Lord, I need your comfort. Lord, I wish you're still alive. It hurts, God. It hurts, Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're still good. God, my heart. Love you. I'll never forsake you. I see your tears. I'm crying too. I see your anger. I'm right there with you. There is a move happening of young people that's going to rock this world. But before that happens, we got to go, Lord. This is where I'm at. Before we can continue to go, we got to stop and say, here I am. This is my heart. It's truly a rags to riches story. We were dead and now we're alive. We weren't barely hanging on. We were full grown dead in the ground buried. We're alive. Some of us don't feel alive. Some of us just feel dead. We just feel like it. There's no point in life. There's got to be more than this. There is more. Lord, do what you want. You broke every chain. Come on. He already did it. He already did it. When he was dying on the cross, he already did it. When he was buried and he rose again, he conquered death. It's already beaten. He loves you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The hand of the Lord is not so short that it could not rescue you. 
Let's go.